what. All right. Well, welcome back to the I've Got Nothing podcast. It's been a while. You know, it's... I really wanted to do this with people, but when no one cares about your podcast, it's a little bit more difficult to do it with random people every time. Um, so I'm just lucky. So I'm just going to talk with myself and then maybe occasionally I'll have people that want to actually be on the podcast that I am interested in talking with. Um, yeah, I'm a little disappointed. I had some people lined up, but they never, they never actually, (laughs) you know, I think it's, it's funny because you reach out to somebody in your community and they're like, Oh yeah, I'd love to talk with you on your podcast. And then they're like, here, try and schedule it with my assistant, which first off, if, if you have assist, uh, have an assistant, you probably shouldn't be talking with me on my podcast. Um, because you're just doing too much, doing too much, you know? Um, so that was, you know, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll get this scheduled out. It should be easy. They know the schedule and everything. It was, uh, this man is obviously doing so much all the time and the assistant doesn't really know what he's doing all the time. So, it would, I would schedule it and then they would be like, no, like the day before they would be like, we, he, he has something to do. And then I would be like, all right, so when can we do it in two weeks? And he's for sure going to be there. And then she would like not reply to me and I would get back with her and she'd be like, all right, let me look. And it was already two weeks later. And I was like, all right, let's go another two weeks out and see when he can do it. And we never figured it out. And that's just how it goes. You know, sometimes people don't actually want to talk with you. You know, maybe he was like, Oh yeah, I'll I'll tell him that I want to talk with him, but then I'll send him to my assistant and be like, Hey, don't let me talk with him, which is fair. I mean, I'm kind of psychotic. Not really. I'm not psychotic, but I can understand why someone wouldn't really want to talk to me. If you're doing a lot, this podcast doesn't mean anything. So I'm okay with it. It's fine. I'm just going to have to figure out something else on my own. And that's me talking with myself, making myself feel crazy. But I already talk with myself so much in my head. I just don't verbalize it. And so does everybody, right? So I guess it's just the verbalization of the talking in your head that makes you feel a little crazy or look crazy. Like we're all talking to ourselves in our head, but the guy that's on the street talking out loud, everyone's like, yo, why is he's crazy? Why is he crazy? I'm crazy. He's, it's probably more rational to talk out loud. Cause if you, you know, when you get in your head and you're like telling yourself stuff like bad stuff, and then you say it out loud and you're like, well, that was stupid. That was a stupid thing to even think about. 
it's like more rational to say it out loud because then you can actually hear it. And then you're like, well, that was stupid. But when you're in your head, it's just like a, a it's like Twitter. It's like a stupid echo chamber where you're going to get so much feedback that just relates perfectly to what you're thinking. And it's going to be like, oh yeah, that's the truth. And then if you say it out loud, it's, you're going to be like, well, that was dumb. That was a stupid thing to say. And I guess some, some people probably don't have that. Some people say it out loud and there's like, yeah, that's the truth still. So I think people should talk to themselves more out loud. I, I really, I think that that's the key. Honestly, I just, I'm now a neuroscientist because of that. So where's my diploma? I accidentally cleaned this damn table today with this riot energy, which tastes horrible. But I mean, what what do you expect from something that's 100% plant powered and has zero sugar, you know, and has bubbles? I don't like bubbles. Get rid of the bubbles and things. What does it do? I don't know. Aerates your throat. It grows on you a little bit though. It's not too bad. But I was so pissed off. You know, I think that's, you got to start your day a little pissed off. Just to give you some extra added motivation. I was trying to clean off the table because I haven't used it in so long. So it was just, it's in my garage. So we drive in here, we have a dirt driveway. So it gets dirty in an hour. And I was cleaning it. And I was like, hey, don't hit the riot energy. I hit it. As I was thinking, don't hit it. And I hit it. And I said, I thought. Um, probably not like that. I don't know what that was. But <clears throat> I was a little pissed off. And now my table's a little sticky. So I washed it with water again. But. It's still a little sticky and it's a little annoying. It's frustrating, but that's the way. That's the way things go. I like you, you think it into existence. And I believe that, you know, when I have a bad thought, when I'm thinking and it happens all the time when I'm driving, why always when I'm driving, got too much time to think probably, right? So whenever I'm thinking a bad thought, I double down, but the opposite, you know, if I'm like, ah, shit, I'm going to get into a car accident. I go, I'm going to make it home safe. And then I say it like five times. You got to double down on the safety. I'm not trying to get into a car accident. Why, why is that coming into my head? Why am I thinking about it? Because I'm a little crazy. I don't know. I feel like everybody probably has those thoughts, but we don't know because we're not in anyone else's head. I'm in my own head. Also, I don't know this <clears throat> this watch I got from Aventino. It's so chrome, and I hate chrome, but I lost my Apple Watch charger. And I went to buy a new one at Best Buy the other day. 
waited 20 minutes until they open because they don't open until 10 a.m. Hey, open earlier. And went in and was like, oh, this is a cool charger. It charges my phone wirelessly. Just set it on and it charges it. And it charges my Apple Watch. Got home, realized it doesn't come with the Apple Watch charger. Oh, God. That's why I hate bubbles. I don't want to be burping all the time. Sometimes it feels good, but I don't want to be burping all the time. Um, but I didn't get the watch charger, and it's been four days now, and I still haven't gotten the watch charger. So I'm wearing this. And these people reached out to me on Instagram when I used to post on Instagram. And they're like, hey, you want to do a branded thing? And I was like, I don't know. Is this is this real for one? And um, they're like, just take some pictures <laughs> and we'll give you 75% off. And so I bought one and it's like a $200 watch. I mean, it's a nice watch. And I got it for 50 bucks, which was pretty sweet. And took pictures of it once. And then posted them. And they didn't use the photos until four months later. Which is fine. I got I got a watch, a nice watch for 50% off. But it wasn't the one I ordered. I ordered an all black one. For one, I ordered all black. Because don't like chrome so that was a little frustrating but what can you get what what can you what can you expect you getting it for 75% off they're probably like ah just give them one and they were right I just took it I didn't even say anything and for that I respect them I like to think that that was their thought from the beginning like he's not going to say anything it sounds like it's hailing in here. It's just my hot water heater and it's freaking my dogs out. So if you can hear that, I'm not in a hailstorm. It's a hundred degrees outside and I hate it. It's too fucking hot. Everywhere. Everywhere. Apparently it's hot everywhere. I haven't looked at the weather in weeks. However, it is hot everywhere, and I hate it. You know, my favorite temperature is probably, like, 62 degrees. Or, like, if it's been cold for a long time, 53 is really nice. You know, if it's been under 32 for a month, 52, 53 is like, ooh, that's beautiful. It's even getting hot. You're like, God, this is probably too warm. Like I'm wearing shorts and it's 53. I like wearing shorts all the time because pants suck. I hate pants all the time. No matter when it is, if it's cold, I hate pants. But yeah, 62, 63 degrees. If I could find a place that was just that, all of the time, every of the time. I would love it. 
had a little crystallia come out right there. Probably a lot of crystallia coming out in all of this. Don't really know how to think about that guy. I don't know how I feel about separating the art from the person. It's an interesting area. It's a weird thing to think of because you think that if you separate that art from the person, the art is influenced, obviously, by the person, but by how that person acts and how that person thinks. So you're like, well, I don't know. And then also, that person tells you a story. You're not that person. You don't know if that story is true or not. Some people are just sociopaths and can tell so many lies. So, don't know. Funny guy. So, it's hard for me because I like to laugh. It may not look like it, but I love laughing. Need to do it. Dude, I'm just, you ever get in, uh, eh. you know, I'm just pounding this stupid drink because it helps me talk, I guess. I don't know. It just feels like, it feels like if you're saying important things, you should be taking a drink after every three words that you say and like be holding it like right here up to your mouth, be like on the precipice of putting it in your mouth, but then you feel like you're saying something important. So you hold it there. Everyone's like, oh, what is he saying? Because he's holding a drink. He's about to drink, but he's saying some stuff. So he's waiting to take a drink. Makes people think maybe, hey, I should listen to this. When, for me, for sure, don't listen to it ever. Not important. (laughs) Except for some. No, probably not ever. I'd like to think, you know, I think everybody would like to think that they've got something worth saying, but oftentimes we don't have anything worth saying. The setup is sick, except for like, that's my, (laughs) that's my bed frame from my, my old house. Um, so living at home again. Life of a older brother with lots of other things going on, you know. Don't need to tell him everything, right? You know, I was listening to this podcast the other day, and it was the second time that I listened to it. And it's this guy, David Cho. And he's an artist who, so he did this, he did an art piece for Facebook, like when Facebook was first a company, whatever, you know, how they are, young and and ambitious. And so he he did art for them and they're like, hey, this, he's like, this is $60,000 worth painting. And they're like, hey, you want to just take stock? There it is again. Um, Saddest burp ever. Um, But he took 
he took the stock instead of taking just cash in a young company. $60,000 worth of Facebook stock when they first started. So he's stupid rich now, right? But he was on the Joe Rogan podcast and I was listening to him again because I heard it on another podcast. And he, you know, he's he has some serious mental um, from what he says, some mental illness and some mental problems, but it's funny how he, he says some stuff and you're like, Oh, I feel that, you know, he talks about the like inner monologue about how you like <clears throat> wake up and you tell yourself that you're not good enough and that you look in the mirror and you're like, you, you ain't shit. And you know, I've never had it. I've never had that. Definitely never had that for sure. But I've had glimpses of that. You know, when I fuck up, I'm like, dude, why are you a person? And he just, you know, he was so open and so free on that podcast. And it was a little like it's it's all it's hard to listen to. It's a little scary. God, here it comes. God, I'm feeling like I'm birthing something on my mouth. I don't know what birthing feels like, so obviously. So don't take anything that I said from me. Don't take anything that I've said from me. So bad at the English language. Um, but yeah, this guy, David Cho, and he's been like, he gets so lost and so confused in his own thoughts that he just decides that he's going to go to Tanzania or, um, God damn it. Some African countries. I don't know what their names are. Um, I don't, I can't even, I can barely find myself on a map, but I know where I'm going. So I don't know what that's about. Um, but he just goes to the, he, like he's gone, he hitchhiked, he hitchhiked across America and has all of these crazy stories and talks about how open people are with you when they realize that they're never going to see you again. And it's probably such an interesting feeling being like, you're pretty much that person's like one-off counselor, you know, like you get in a big trucker's truck and he's been driving, he's been driving for like 25 years and you know, he's done some stupid stuff, probably killed some people. You know, I heard a stat that 40% of murders go unsolved. I can see why people try and murder people and get away with it because that like if I was in the mindset that I was going to try and murder someone, I'd be like, dude, I could totally be that 40%. And that's probably what everybody thinks. But 
I mean, being on that, being that person and you're hitchhiking and you're talking for a little while and then you realize that you're about to let this person out in five or 10 minutes and you're never going to see this person's face ever again. And they don't really know who you are. They don't really know. They know, they maybe know your name, but they don't know who you are. And you're just like, I murdered my uncle when I was 14. Can't drive when you're 14, so. Doesn't make sense as a story. But you understand what I'm saying. When I was 23, I've been a truck driver since I was 18. Murdered someone when I was 23. Not me, obviously, but I'm 23 now, so that would be awkward. But, like, telling those people those stories is probably such a relief Like if you've been holding on to that, that weight of you being the only person that knows that you murdered that person, and then you tell this random person that you've been driving for like multiple hours, and then they they realize in an instant, they're like, oh, why am I in this truck? Um... Because likely the person that they murdered was a hitchhiker. But that being that counselor for 10 minutes has got to be so strange. And it's kind of intriguing. You know, I hear those stories and he's like, yeah, I went to Zimbabwe and Tanzania and all these random places I, we hunted, um, he hunted the monkeys, chimps, chimpanzees, or I don't know, something like that. They're very human-like monkeys. And they would chase them for hours and these people never got tired because this is what they did every day. They chased monkeys and they killed them with arrows and dogs bit off the nuts of the monkeys and it made them excited because they're like, we're getting close. And it is like, you hear those stories and you're like, God, I want to do that, but could I do that? Like, would I be able to make it through that? I mean, we have such a crazy simple life. I mean, we have to create problems. That's how nice our life has gotten. We have to create our own problems. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you don't have food or clean water, you're not focused. You're not thinking about race probably or gender identity or whether you're going to hurt someone's feelings by saying something unless you are a crazy empath but most likely if you don't have food or water you're going to focus on getting food or water and that's going to be it And I'm sure 
that when you have a solo focus so on something so simple, so obvious that it reduces so much of this modern era anxiety. You know what I mean? Like we're constantly focused on for some people success, for some people, I don't even know, you know, I haven't been in anyone else's head. So for me, so focused on success and the idea of being successful that you forget about how fortunate and really just lucky you are. Um, to be where you are now. You know, I am stupid fortunate to be born into the family I was born into, brought up in the place that I was brought up, met the people that I've met, had the experiences that I've had, And it's not, I mean, it's not often enough that I think about how fortunate I really am. You know, it's, it's a one-off thing. And it's hard for me to believe, going back to David Cho, that after going through all of that, that after like experiencing life in such a primal way, something that like we haven't in the Americas really had to do in centuries, you know? It's hard for me to believe that you could still be so wrapped up in your own thoughts. Like, like I don't want to say selfish, but like so focused on the way things aren't going right for you or how you are unable to do certain things. It seems like it would be such a humbling experience that it would be hard for you to even go through day up, go through your day upset. But, you know, thinking about that makes me think that, think about how real like mental illness really is. It's, it's a difficult thing for me to understand because you know, I'm probably, I'm probably not mentally ill, um, to an extreme extent, you know, I'm not sure. We'll see one day if I start murdering people, um, we'll all know, I guess. Right. Or if I end up on the street, not that everybody on the street has mental illness, but you know what I'm saying? It's just difficult for me to fully understand how someone could like be so in their own head that they can't get out of bed. It's a really difficult thing for me to wrap my mind around. Um, 
I've always been like in my, in my family, it's always been like, you do what you have to do. When shit goes south, you go north. Just came up with that. Probably someone has said it, but I said it better. When shit goes south, you go north. But what I'm saying there, because super ambiguous, um, is like when things hit hit a wall, when you're going the wrong way, when things are, when everything's going, when everything feels like it's going south, you have to be the person that's like, all right, what is one thing that I can do to get this back on track? Where do I have to go? What do I have to do? How can I step up in this moment and make sure that things don't keep going south, right? And I mean, it's, for me, it's been a lot less, like those those things have been a lot less inside of me. They've been more in the, the visual, physical world where people can actually see what the hell's going on. Um, but it's been, it's, it's so difficult for me to think that someone can be going so South in their own head that they can't find North. They need a mental compass, become a geographer. I don't know what that, I think that's what it is of your mind. You know, in, in, um, and I've talked about this before, but in college, I, I played soccer in college and my freshman year I got there when I was going up there, you know, I thought I was hot shit in Albuquerque, especially playing high school soccer. Um, if you're six, four and you have any, any sort of physical capabilities and ability to kick a soccer ball, you're going to be kind of dominant. Um, so I was going up there thinking that I was going to be hot shit. Quickly realized that that was not the case. You know, I found myself as probably the worst player on the team my freshman year. And I realized it quickly, you know, I have, I'd like to think that I'm pretty self-aware. And so once I realized that I knew that I had like a lot of work to do if I actually wanted to play for that team, if I actually wanted to make it on the field. And, uh, a lot of that work was like my mentality. I never had a problem like going into a tackle. I was never scared of playing hard, but if I messed up one touch, there was no point in me being on the field. If I missed a pass, just take me out. Because at that point, I was done. There was no point in me trying to play. I'm, my The mental side of me went straight to anger, and I flipped out. I would want to just crush people. 
I would fly into tackles willy-nilly. I would get cards all over the place. And it was obvious that I was not mature. I was unable to talk myself down in, in a sort of sense. I was unable to rationalize that you can make mistakes, especially in a game like soccer when you're playing for 90 minutes, you're running, you're doing as much as you can. There are going to be times when you make the wrong decision. You take a bad touch. You pass a ball incorrectly. You know, there's going to be times. And really the only thing that matters in that moment is the way that you react. And if you react the wrong way, you're really letting down your team. You're letting down yourself. You're just making the game about you, which it's not. Uh, Soccer is not about any individual. There are, there may be some players that kind of transcend the, the team because of their abilities, but I mean, it's still a team sport. That's why even though Messi is the best player, what? It's all right. What's up? Um, it's right over there on the, on the shredder. Uh Uh-huh. Um, I have no idea where I was, but. I just, I had a lot of work that I had to do on myself if I ever wanted to realize my goals of playing out college soccer, you know, actually becoming a player that played. And so my freshman year, I did a deep dive on myself. I realized that the way that I was thinking was going to be the reason I never ended up playing. And so my freshman year, I did some personal therapy on myself. I did a lot of research on YouTube. Uh, I had a reason to change, which was probably the biggest, the biggest catalyst. You know, oftentimes people want to change, but they don't need to. They don't have a a reason to change that is so easily seen, so unambiguous. You know, I wanted to play. It was, it was simple. It was straightforward. It was clear cut. Um, but I decided that every opportunity that I had to change the way that I was thinking, I was going to do it. You know, if I had a negative thought, it was positive. How could I turn everything that happened in my life into something positive? And it was brutal. It was a battle, you know? So for six months to a year, every time I thought you're not good enough, I had to 
triple down, double down, like I said earlier, and say, no, you are good enough. No, you are good enough. No, you are good enough. And it happened in every situation, you know? And, you know, I'm, I didn't fully realize my goal of playing at, at the fort. Uh, my senior season got, uh, canceled because of the pan- pandemic and I needed to move on. It was, it was clear there were, th- there were more important things that I had to take care of in my, in my life than playing college soccer. And it had gotten to the point where soccer had played its role in my life. I, I thought at the beginning that soccer was the, the thing that I needed from soccer was to play, right? I needed to be a starter, which I was going to be. Um, but I quickly realized that in that, in that final season where I didn't get to play, um, I realized that soccer had shaped my life. It had made me change the way that I think in such a way that it saved me. Um, and gave me the ability to take care of shit when I needed to take care of shit. Had I not gone through that first year of soccer, had I quit because I thought it was a too daunting of a task to try and change the way that I thought to be able to play, had I victimized myself and said that the reason I wasn't playing was because of someone else and not because of me. Had I done that, it's highly likely, it's highly likely that I would have been a much different person had I even been here still. There was, I mean, countless things after that first year that I had to go through that really tested my mentality and the way that I thought in a way that I was never expecting something that things that I never, ever thought would have happened. Um, you know, long-term, however, the moments before they happened, it's kind of funny because uh, a lot of those things that did happen, I had thoughts about them before they happened. You know, I tore my knee twice. And the hours before training, the minutes before training, the first time I tore my knee, I saw a video of a guy just blowing his knee out. And I immediately thought about what that could do to me. I thought about 
a scenario in which I could do that to my knee. And it, I mean, it, it's a big reason that I still do that doubling down of bad thoughts because I've had too many moments in my life where my, the way that I thinking kind of becomes reality in a weird premonition sort of way. Um, and it really eats me up inside sometimes because of some of the thoughts that I've had and some of the outcomes that have become, uh, hard for me to, uh, disassociate those thoughts with the outcomes because a lot of the thoughts, obviously I didn't want to happen. I didn't want to tear my knee. However, tearing my knee was probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. Um, and tearing it again, one week into preseason of a, of a season that I was likely going to get lots of minutes, um, was another like really difficult thing for me to go through. And like, I never had a thought when those, when those times happened, when I tore my knee both times, I was never like, Oh, well that's done. That's the end of my soccer, soccer career. Um, I always was, thinking about what was next. I was like, all right, well, how, when can I get back? What do I have to do? When surgery, let's do it tomorrow. Even though I hate needles and getting the IV was the scariest part for sure. But I mean, I was just ready to get on to the next thing. I was never, you know, I never sat in my sorrows too much. You know, everyone's got to do it a little bit, but I really never tried to victimize myself. I never, decided that it was something that was going to end my career or change the way that I did anything, you know, I knew like, as soon as I tore my knee, I was like, all right, as soon as I get back to soccer, if you tear your knee again, that's what happens. And that's probably why, you know, and I don't regret it whatsoever, but that's that could be a reason why I re I tore it again. You know, I was, I was always willing to go into the tackle. I was always willing to put my body on the line. I was never afraid of getting hurt because if that's what happens, that's what happens. It's not, there's nothing that's going to change it. Being scared isn't going to change it. Being worrying about it constantly isn't going to change it. And I've, I know that from the way that I've 
things have happened in my life. You know, oftentimes when I worry about something, that is when that thing happens. When I think about something, that is when that happens. It's just, it's too easy to sit in your own thoughts and victimize yourself and think that everything's against you. It's always been too easy to do that. And that's why it's happening so much now because it's, I mean, it's so easy and we have it so easy. So why wouldn't you think of that? Like if you're outside working every day, if you're bailing hay and throwing it onto a truck and I don't know, I don't know anything about farming, but if you're farming every day, I cannot imagine that you are thinking about I can't imagine that you're thinking about how things could be so bad for you, you know? If that's the way that you live, that's the way that you live. It's when people get disconnected from the way that things are done. Families yelling at each other. So again, lost where I was, but it's just become too easy for people to, to become the victim of their own circumstances uh, rather than like putting on some boots and doing what needs to be done. There's, When, you, when you're working, this is where I was trying to get to. Well, hopefully I can figure it out. When you're a farmer and you need food, you're, you are responsible for creating that food. You know, there may, may be some other instances where weather messes with you or other things like that. Bad harvest season, I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about farming, but you are ultimately, ultimately responsible for making sure that you and your family get food if you're a farmer. And when you're in a circumstance like that, there's no victimizing yourself, you know? You don't get to say, this or that has done it to me you're the reason I don't have food, you know? That doesn't happen. You have to go out and make sure that you and your family have food. You have to put in the work every day to make sure that you and your family have food. And we've gotten to a place where everyone thinks that they deserve so many things. It's not a place that I enjoy being. I don't like listening to people think that they deserve things. 
And, you know, I'm in a really fortunate spot if you know me and you may be able to, um, try and tear me down or think that it's easy for me to think this way because of the opportunities that I've gotten and the life that I've been able to live. And you know what? I would, I'd agree with you. Um, I am wildly fortunate for the opportunities that I've gotten and the people that I've gotten to meet and the life that I've gotten to live, the things that I've gotten to experience. I am ridiculously fortunate for all of it, for the good times and the bad times. If you don't have bad times, you don't know what the hell's going on. The worst thing that happened to you is the worst thing that's ever happened to you. And if you don't ever have something really bad that happens to you, you don't know shit. Those are times where it's really fucking easy for you to victimize yourself and think that everything's against you and that you need people to do things for you. I don't even know where this podcast went. I don't know how I got here, but we're 40 something minutes in and this is where it is. So hopefully you get some something out of this. I don't know what, but maybe it's something. It's kind of funny though, you know, thinking about it, a 23 year old kid telling you that, telling you how to think. What do I know? Nothing. I know nothing. Except for that this riot energy does not taste good. And that my brother needs to not play music outside right now. One second. So many interruptions because I didn't tell my family that I was doing a podcast because I'm insecure about doing podcasts. You know what I'm saying? How, how do you tell your family that you're going to go talk to yourself for an hour? Like nicely? Or do you go aggressive and tell them that you need it for your own sanity? I don't know. I'll have to try out a couple of different ways. But, you know, let's move on to some lighter subjects for a few more minutes and wrap this bad Larry up. Um, any of you that know me know that I am a Tesla bull. If you don't know what that means, I'm not going to tell you. But... Tesla just unveiled their Model S Plaid. And if you don't care about cars or Tesla, you should, for one, because they are changing the way that we see engineering. 
they're changing the way that we look at the world, really. They're creating electric cars that are far superior to internal combustion cars. And like not by a small margin, by kind of ridiculous margins. You know, they just unveiled the Model S Plaid, which for one goes zero to 60 in under two seconds. Uh, what? That is, um, from what I've heard, not a, not a physicist or physics person. Oh, burped again. Um, but from what I've heard, that is severely encroaching on what is possible. Like severely. Like we are reaching the limits of what is physically possible from a car. And to just to give you a little perspective for anyone that doesn't know what it's like to be in a really fast car, going zero to 60 in under two seconds, if you're at a, a conventional um, intersection, right? You are going 60 miles per hour before you exit the intersection. So if you're at a red light, turns green, you hit the throttle, you are going 60 miles per hour before you exit the other side of the intersection. And if that doesn't put it in perspective for you, think about it the next time you go through an inter- intersection. And it's a family-sized sedan. It seats five people. It goes zero to 60 in two, under two seconds. And it is simultaneously the safest car ever produced. If you want similar speed, zero to 60, you are spending a million dollars for a car, a Ferrari, you know, a Lambo. $2.4 million Bugatti, right? You're not spending $137,000, which is what the Model S Plaid is for sale at. And, you know, I love internal combustion cars. I think that they sound great. I love shifting gears in um, a manual transmission. However, and I've never even, I've never even driven in a Tesla, but the advantages that electric cars have over internal combustion cars blows my mind. There are far less moving parts. You don't have to service an engine. There's no oil changes. You don't have to change differential fluid if you have an off-roading car. Um, You don't have to do like simple routine maintenance on your car like you do for a test, like or like you do have to do for an internal combustion car, right? And a lot of the worry for Teslas or for electric cars for people is range anxiety. So for one, Tesla 
early on realized that that was going to be the limiting factor. If people couldn't charge all over the place, people wouldn't drive them. So from the beginning, Tesla has invested so much money in creating charging stations all over the world. You know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them in the U.S. alone. You could drive from one end of the country to the other end of the country easily in a Tesla. And with the new Model S Plaid, you can charge 187 miles in 15 minutes. How often do you drive 187 miles in a day, right? Only on trips. And with a 15-minute charge time, go in, get a coffee, go poopy, and you're ready. You're going, right? This kind of engineering, this kind of creativity and pushing the boundaries is what it gets me so excited for the future. I mean, that is why I'm so bullish on Tesla is because they're pushing the limits constantly. They're not like, oh, we're going to build a cool electric car. It'll be comparable to an, an, not internal combustion. We're going to build a cool electric car. It'll be comparable to an internal combustion car, right? No, 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 no. They're making them far, far superior. I mean, they had to redesign the rotors on the Model S Plaid because they're rotating so fast, they will rip themselves apart. They have a material science team within Tesla just for occasions like this so that they can be like, well, this may have been how it was traditionally made. However, it's not strong enough for our applications. So we're going to have to figure out something better. And we have it. It blows my mind, man. The fact that people are so against this just chaps my keister. But I understand it. A lot of people don't like change. Change can be difficult. It can be, you know, I've always said this about You know, something that I realized my freshman year was that your body gets into a habit, right? You get comfortable. And when you change that comfort, when you go outside of that comfort, you quickly realize that your brain is against you. And that's why I think I often see kids that go to a college go back to where they came from so quickly because they're not willing to push through the uncomfortable uncomfortability. Don't know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it of that change. And other times people use substances to push through it, which I'm against. Be in your thoughts. Think about shit. But that resistance to change 
is pretty ingrained. I think it's it's a protective measure that we evolved to have um, because when something changed, it often meant that you were in danger. However, in the modern era, almost never in danger. Except for that you're always in danger. <laughs> Just messing with people's heads. You're never in danger except for when you're always in danger because you're always in danger. Yeah, well, I think that it's... If you are against it, just think about it a little bit more. Look into it. Think about how it could change your life for the better. I think that if you really... You know, I'm going to say, if if you really, really disagree with where Tesla's going with things, if you really don't like it, you are fighting something. There's some menu that's a little bit broken. And I don't know that, but I know that. So, buy a Tesla, if you have the money. I will soon, one day, you know? Want to get the the Cybertruck? Already got a reservation. And if you think the Cybertruck is stupid, let's have some heated words about it. Some super hot words, kind of like the temperature outside. Too hot. And inside. It's 80 degrees in here. And I'm smelling it. And what I'm smelling is myself. So, I'm going to end it here. If you enjoyed listening to this, If you listened all the way to here and you don't like, subscribe, and share, what are you doing? Actually, you know what? I can understand why. Because maybe you don't like me very much, but you're interested. Maybe you will wonder what people think of you if if they know that you're listening to me, right? And I respect that. But think about it. Like, subscribe, share, please. I want to make money off of this. If I'm being honest. And I'm going to be honest with myself. It's okay to want to make money off of something. Because I also enjoy talking. I like hearing myself talk. Helps me with my brain. So, help me make money off of this one day. It's going to take time, I understand that, but let's do it. So, like, subscribe, share, like I said again. And um, I'll see you in the next one. I'll make these more often, which is what I always say.
So we'll see if I follow through on that. But I did enjoy today's. You know, I was I was surprised with my ability to continue speaking. So self-indulged. Alrighty. Um, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.